Welcome to the Edition Wars Podcast, where we discuss RPG ideas, compare rules, establish sacred cows, fight about what's best, and generally geek out over our favorite games. I'm Brandis Stoddard. And I'm Sam Dillon. And in this episode, we are discussing XP, experience points. How do we level up? What is it that we need? What is what is the what is the goal of this game? What is the goal of the game? <laughs> well, from what I understand, from what I understand, experience points are how a game tells you uh, what the game is about. I have some quibbles with that, in part because it uh, takes its assumption that gaining levels is the point of the game. But okay. Um, now, since uh, I'm the one of us who uh, has never played uh, OD&D, I hope you'll uh, start us off with exactly how experience points worked in the uh, the first of all editions that we don't call first edition. We call it OD&D. Yes. Uh, so here's how they worked. Um, uh so remember the first remember zeroth edition only had uh a few sorts of uh, things that you could do you could be a fighting man you could be a magic user you could be a cleric and experience points were necessary to uh go up uh, to to level up basically to to gain um extra powers or extra abilities okay and um I'll, I'll just talk about the fighting man one real quick. Uh, they named the level, so you weren't. It wasn't level one, level two, level three. It was if you were a fighting man. Um, first level fighting man was a veteran, and you started with zero experience points. And then a warrior would be a second level, and that it costs or it took uh, you had you needed to earn two thousand experience points to get to that point. Uh, you had to earn two thousand more and get to four thousand experience to be third level, which was called a swordsman. And then after that, you became a hero, and that cost eight thousand experience. I say cost; you're not really spending them. It took eight thousand. You had to earn eight thousand experience points. Then sixteen, then thirty-two. So you're seeing a pattern here. It doubles every time for the fighting man. Uh, magic users, same thing, except you start out uh, with zero XP, and to get to second level, which is a seer, uh, 2,500 XP, and then to get to the next level, 5,000, then the next level, 10,000. So also doubles, but the baseline to get to second level is higher. Clerics, same thing, except the baseline is lower. To get to second level, it costs 1,500, or it costs you have to earn 1,500, and then the next level is village priest. That's three thousand experience. The next level is vicar. That's six thousand. So, basically, the idea was, uh, in order to level up, you just needed to gain uh, twice as many experience points as you needed for the previous level up. Um, also, there was no real limit on levels for humans. There's no theoretical limit, so you can progress progress beyond you know 20th or 25th or whatever level, um, and that's possible within the rules. Although I'm not sure how common that was ultimately. Um, and basically, what it says about experience points is this: experience points are awarded to players 
by the referee. Remember, they weren't even calling uh, us dungeon masters at that point. It was just the referee with appropriate bonuses or penalties for prime requisites. Remember, if you had a high enough score in your prime requisite ability related to your class, you would get an extra 5 or 10% added to your experience. Um, it says, as characters meet monsters in Mortal Kombat and defeat them, and when they obtain various forms of treasure, money, gems, jewelry, magical items, etc., they gain experience. This adds to their experience point total, gradually moving them upwards through the levels. Gains and experience points are relative, thus an 8th level magic user operating on the 5th dungeon level would be awarded 5 eighths experience, because they're on the 5th level and they're 8th level themselves. Let's assume they get 7,000 gold pieces by defeating a troll, that's a 7th level monster, um, but if it was a 5th level, so, so let me stop there and point out the three things, the reason I'm reading this to you. Uh, prime requisite scores, if you're better at your prime requisite, if you naturally have a better prime requisite, so for a fighting man, that's strength. If you have a good strength attribute, you're going to earn more experience just for doing the same thing as compared to a fighting man without a high strength score. Secondly, you earn XP for defeating a monster and for obtaining treasure. And third, where you are in the dungeon affects how much experience you can possibly earn related to your level. So you can't be a fifth level magic user, for example, running around the first level of a dungeon and earning full experience. You're only going to earn one fifth experience at that point. In other words, there was a an attempt there to try to imply a sort of balance between, well, let me put it this way, as you go up in level and you gain power and you gain the ability to cast better spells and wield your weapons better and defend yourself better, you're supposed to be going deeper down in a dungeon level and uh, defeating more fearsome foes that are also harder to uh, kill or defeat or distract or whatever, however it is that you're going to steal their loot you're supposed to be increasing the challenges that you face and if you don't if you don't increase the challenges right. you face you don't get full xp right and it's it's absolutely the same as um in an mmo when something is uh weaker than you you receive less mm -hmm. experience from right. the kill uh because gygax was clearly pretty concerned about people just wasting whole sessions on mm -hmm. XP farming. Like that that's that's clearly the the motivating thought there. Uh, and I mean it, it, it's funny because in you know, games that are uh, still sort of descended from D&D, mm -hmm. uh, &D, they're not tabletop games typically. That that farming is a a huge and expected area of gameplay. Right. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Uh, I, I'm thinking of World mm -hmm. of Warcraft. Like, the number of hours you're going to spend farming XP is going to be an enormous part of the game. Well, and and any any kind of EverQuest, you know, any kind of MMO, but also, for example, uh, JRPGs, right? So uh, Final Fantasy, you know, sort of compute that sort yeah. of other, other types of, you know, non-MMO computer games that are fantasy-based. A lot of them had a, a sort of grinding 
area, right? Like you get to a certain level and you really need to level up again, or you really need to gain some kind of ability uh, by getting more experience before you can actually meet that next challenge. And so you're just grinding and killing, you know, whatever uh, thing is that is around that you can, you know, consistently with some regularity, know that you're going to not really put your life in danger and you're just doing that for the XP. Like that, Gygax wanted to stop that, yep. right? He didn't want that to be the case. Yep. Yep, he wasn't interested in uh, letting players minimize risk and sort of waste his time on things that weren't going to entertain him as a DM. Like, I don't blame him. It's mm-hmm. it's not right. fun in itself. It's it's deliberately repetitive, and like, yeah, it's it's not something you want in a tabletop game. Um, and so, if we move on to the. Uh to the Holmes basic edition, which is uh, the sort of next, the, the f- sort of first basic, but really remember this is the one that it's really just the first three levels of A, D, and D. And once you hit those levels, then it tells you that uh, you should uh, move on to A, D, and D. You're done with basic. Um, and here's what it says. Let me see if I can find it. It says, um, Accumulated experience is measured by experience points. Experience points are awarded on the basis of treasure obtained and monsters killed or subdued. Experience for treasure recovered is on the basis of one point for every gold piece. You convert jewelry, gems, and etc. into gold piece value. And treasure is usually divided equally among members of the party, and therefore experience is also divided equally among members of the party. If for some reason one character gets more of the loot, such as a thief stealing gems from saddlebags on the way home, then that then he or that player, that character, should get the additional experience points because theoretically they used the skill to do it where nobody would notice. Um, monsters overcome uh, or killed by magic or wits are worth experience points to be divided among the entire party. In other words, uh, you don't... Uh, you don't, so, so there's sort of a double standard here. If the thief can pull it off and steal something and you don't realize it, the thief gets all the experience for that. However, if, yep. the, if the magic user casts the most awesome spell ever and destroys an entire group of monsters and so saves the party the trouble of having to fight those monsters or possibly getting killed or paralyzed or whatever, the, those XP are split amongst the group. We don't just give the wizard that XP. And likewise, if a fighting man or uh, or an elf or something comes along and they kill a bunch of creatures, everyone gets to split that, right? And if one of the people in the party happens to be, you know, very tactically minded and and goes through and and is able to steal the gold, uh, steal the loot from this creature without the party having to face it, uh, it doesn't matter that one person planned that whole thing. Uh, if if it gets if they pull it off. Uh, it's for the benefit of the entire party, and the entire party gets to split that XP from treasure. Unless it's a thief, and they say they're doing it on their own without telling anyone. <laughs> um, and so that's... Yeah, it, you know, I have a hard but, time seeing how that would ever like, inspire bad behavior. That's... <laughs> yeah, right, sure right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's try to moderate our bad behavior by saying you don't get full experience unless you're on the level that's the same challenge as you. Uh, oh, but here we're going to let this thief basically be a thief and do what they want. And yeah. uh, uh, but we're not, you know, we're not supporting in-party fighting. But 
Um, anyway, yeah. uh, the next thing I want to point out about this is that this has a nice little – I mean it, it, there's one in the OE edition as well, but uh, this one happens to be right in front of me. So um, it shows you the experience points for the monsters that you have overcome and what you get. And so um, – you know, challenge rating isn't a thing yet. Instead, uh, we go by the monster's hit dice. So the the higher the hit dice, the more powerful, the more challenging that creature is. Uh, and so, for example, a monster with one hit die is worth 10 experience points. If they happen to have a special ability, you can add three to that. So they might be worth 13 experience. Now, remember, this experience is being split amongst all yeah. of the party. So if yeah. you fight three one hit dice creatures you earn 30 hit uh, experience points and there's five of you so you all just earned six experience not much <laughs> not much yeah, and and that's, so that's so the, real real thin right so the but the, there's a reason for that though the reason for that is that the idea was to use your brains to try to not fight the creatures. The, the goal wasn't really go forth and kill these creatures. Now, sometimes there was a quest or something, go kill the dragon, go kill the troll, go kill the ogre that's harassing the town. Sometimes there was a quest, right? Um, you know, go get the sheep back, you know, from the cyclops or whatever. There was a goal. But in general, when you're playing... The idea is to get experience in the least dangerous way possible. The least dangerous way to get experience is sneak in, steal the treasure, only fight when you have to, and get the heck out. And when you've got that treasure, because you get one gold, you get one XP per gold, that's worth a lot. You know, that you could fight three or four one hit die creatures, which you know, one hit die doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're third level and they're doing 1d8 damage per swing if they hit you with their sword or whatever, you could die in a couple of hits, if not one hit. Yep. And so it's 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 maybe more challenging even to try to find a way around it and to not face that creature uh, uh, head first, right? You, you want to try to work your way around because if you can steal a thousand gold out of the chest behind them, you just earned 250 gold for you and the other three members of your party. Or even if there's 10 of you, you just earned 100 gold for every all 10 of you. So that's 100 XP. That's way better than the 6 XP you would have earned if you fought five of those creatures, right? Yep. So there was a real um, there was a real incentive to not necessarily face creatures head on and to to actually um, try to find a way to get the treasure and the loot and and not fight the creature. Uh, I will say that in this in this edition as well, there's this there's this idea of trying to match the challenge. You know, so it says, uh, oh, if the defeated monster is lower level than the character who overcome them, uh, who overcame them, then less experience is gained. You know, experience points for the kill are multiplied by a fraction. Uh, you know, because that creature is less challenging. So they're still sticking with that idea. Um, now, here's the thing. That gold for XP style of play persists for quite a long time. And uh, it, it lends itself to a certain style of play. And that certain style of play has some really huge benefits. For example, the, the idea of you know, trying to strategically plan. Notice I say strategic, not tactical, right? 
strategically right. plan to sneak into the giant's lair and avoid all of the actually dangerous creatures in every, you know, use your brain to try to avoid everything that could possibly get you caught. Uh, not just a simple stealth roll. Oh, you made too much noise. You're caught. But actually try to plan you know, drop diagrams, try to sneak in, try to time things perfectly, you know, have a, an escape plan. If so-and-so gets seen, here's what we're all going to do, that sort of thing. That kind of teamwork planning that it sort of, it implies is necessary. And that's all excellent. And then there's the other side of the other extreme of that. So that, what I just described is great. It makes the game great fun. It puts a focus on the game that is about trying to outsmart the game. You're trying to outsmart the referee. You're trying to outsmart the, the, the monster. You're trying to outsmart you're trying to outsmart your own character. You're trying to make your own character better using your own modern day wits to do something that gets you that treasure without having to face that troll's sword. Okay. Then there's the other side of it. And the other side of it is well, if gold is worth XP, I'm going to take that vase and that tapestry and this rug, and I'm going to try to find a way to get a winch in here and uh, some kind <laughs> of a pulley system so I could take that statue. And then I'm going to climb up there and I'm going to pull all these gems off of the, the crown molding up here. Ah, heck, just take the whole crown molding. I don't even need to dig the gems out. And we're going to basically <laughs> rob this entire dungeon of everything in it that could have any possible value and we're going to monty haul this thing right out and we're going to sell it at the market and we get a, a xp per gold i didn't even have to talk to you know we came in and we started stripping the dungeon down the goblins were so freaked out they left and we just took all their money and went off and suddenly i'm 17th level you know that that sort of thing i'm of course exaggerating but i'm not well, exaggerating and, that, and that much assumes, <laughs> and, and that assumes that you decide that the goblins are the ones with the treasure that you can most easily seize and right. not the people in the village. Right. Well, and that's, that's the other, yes, I didn't even go or, to that extreme, right? Or, or, or you know, yeah. that king over there who happens to not be a wizard. <laughs> right. Sure, he's nice right. to you and he's yes. a perfectly fine king, but he does have all the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, he only has... Uh, a few guards guarding all that money, and you know they they can be bribed, um, you know, or hello charm person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it's not that high of a level spell. Uh, so yeah, it it had um s certain issues. It had certain issues. Uh, that persists through the rest of basic D and D. So, uh, the in the Beckme system that I often talk about, um. You know, so basically, so Zero Edition had it, uh, Holmes Basic had it, BX, that is Moldvay Cook, had it, uh, the Mincer Red Box and the entire Beck Me line, you know, the, the red, blue, teal, black, gold, right? All of those, they had it. Uh, and First Edition had it. Yep. Um, so once we get to, uh, once we get to First Edition, uh, in this case, mm -hmm. I have the DMG open in my lap. I'm shocked. Um, and so, well, I mean, why even right. uh, in inherit all of this from you know my father-in-law if I'm not gonna uh, 
uh, yeah. use it for a <laughs> podcast. I mean, good heavens. Um, so, so it's exactly as you say that uh, gold pieces uh, convert to experience points. Um, and there's a whole thing uh, in here. Is it a clause about if the garden, guardian was relatively weaker, uh, award XP on a, uh, on a sliding scale, uh, maybe costing uh, four or more gold pieces for one XP according to the relative strengths. Um, and it, it's really just another way to say, uh, okay, once you reach mid to high levels, don't go around uh, rolling cobbles for the off chance that the DM will roll well on the loot table and you'll wind up with a thousand gold piece gem that this cobbled happened to have mm -hmm. because that's boring. Um, and uh, so there's, there's all of that. Then there's a, a fairly involved uh, XP table having to do with... Um, a is a basic XP value, an XP per hit point, um, a special ability XP bonus, which gets its own um, acronym, the SAXPB, and then the Exceptional Ability XP Edition, the EAXPA. Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure I last saw that on my uh, 1040 form. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, that's, that's a thing, but where it gets really interesting, um, is, is on the next page for gaining experience levels. So in this, Gary has decided to do two things. One, he wants to get the timeline to advance, uh, mm -hmm. so that he can justify the dungeon restocking a bit when the players go back. So he wants to slow them down with training time, right? So you, you might be mm -hmm. training for many weeks, um, just weeks upon weeks, and that's going to cost money to to do all that training. So that's a, a big part of your, your loop becomes uh, earn the money to gain the XP, earn the money to spend the XP on actually cementing that level. Uh, but the other thing that Gary wants to do is that he wants to build himself a stick to hit disruptive players with. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so there's, there's a system of uh, rating the role play, um, E, S, F, or P. And that then is a multiplier for uh, how long you're going to spend in training. And the whole time you're spending training, you're hemorrhaging money, just enormous mm -hmm. piles of money um, are, are going out the door uh, every single week of, of training. And the, the more of a jerk you've been at the table and the less you've played your, your character and your alignment, very specifically in the examples here around how Gary thought a character of that class should be. Um, it's not, we're not yet talking about sort of personal characterization. It's much more about the characterization of that class. If you see what I mean, um, the longer yep. it's going to take and the more punitive it's all going to, it's all going to feel. Um, 
So, you know, and also let me just point out in that section, you know, he, he has this sentence in caps that says, uh, it says experience points uh, are an indicator of the character's progress uh, in his or her chosen profession. And then in all caps, upward progress is never automatic. Yep. And, you know, just because this this Nell Nimblefingers rogue of the Thieves Guild has managed to acquire 1,251 experience does not, in all caps, mean that she suddenly becomes Nell Nimblefingers the footpad. The gaining of sufficient experience is necessary to indicate that they are eligible. The actual award is a matter for you. And then it talks about, like, rating all of these. Oh, it's, you know what's funny, too? The actual player's handbook has an entire huge section on experience as well the the (laughs) 1e player's handbook and it talks about um you know uh let me find it here it's like uh the so it's giving these examples of of how you award experience and it says oh a cleric's major aims are use are to use their spell abilities to aid during any given encounter, the fighters aim to engage in combat. Magic users aim to cast spells. Thieves aim aim to uh, make a gain by stealth. Monks aim to uh, to use their unusual talents to become successful. Uh, if characters gain treasure by pursuit of their major aims, then they are entitled to a full share. So not anything extra. <laughs> Just that's the baseline, right? So like you said, he's got these ideas of what is the ideal way to play that character, that that class of character. And if you play that character class properly based on his, you know, estimation, then you can get full experience points. But if not, there are a multitude of ways to decide to remove those experience points from the portion that you get. So there's another uh, amazing span of all caps text on this page. Um, <laughs> is this in the DMG? Yeah, yeah. This is back on good yeah. old page 86. Once <laughs> a character has points which are equal to or greater than the minimum number necessary to move upwards in experience level, no further experience points can be gained until the character actually gains the new level. <laughs> right. How, right. How do you yes. plan your adventures around making sure you land on exactly the right number and don't waste hundreds or thousands of experience points? And also, well, how does that even connect to money? Like, well, should you yeah, leave it on you, the floor and, you, and come back and get it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. P- bury it. But see, once it's in your possession, that's you get the XP for it. So uh, 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 see, that's, you, you that's, make one of your party members take possession of it. That's that's the trick. Only one person is yeah, missing well, out on tens of thousands of experience points. True. Yeah. Yes, you may you make the thief steal no, it. No, no, not the thief. No, 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 not the thief. The thief has a very fast experience table, so the thief be missing right. the most XP. No, you need the wizard right, to take it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, the, so here's my thing, though. These are just all ways. There, it, it's the same thing. Where okay, all this means is you earn enough to get to get to the next level. Now everything stops until you waste all that money on training. Well, because I'm very good at podcasting, you're gonna have to imagine Eddie Murphy tapping his temple as the meme I'm using here. <laughs> all right, that's I'm very good at podcasting, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
so so yeah like this is just such a a classic kind of uh gary loved his players but was also real fed up with them just real fed up and, mm-hmm. and i can understand that um so uh, at this point i wanted to talk a little bit about how the idea of gold for xp got borrowed by um buffer larping and got turned into sort of a a core element of play in a totally different gaming medium that was believe me still lifting <laughs> everything from D that was not nailed down um so um so the situation was that they were trying to figure out how to distribute experience points to players. And so uh, originally, uh, monsters would carry uh, what they called EEP chits, you know, experience point chits, that players would gather from fighting the monster. Uh, the problem is, the person who searches the monster, uh, you know, whoever was up in the monster's face actually stabbing gets it, the chip. Uh, gets right. all of the stuff. So your your ranged spellcasters and your healers are are coming up real cold until the Eepchits start getting handed around, which might or might not happen. Uh so they looked at this problem and said, okay, fine, we'll do away with Eepchits because these are in danger of becoming the game's currency anyway, and we'll just have the monsters carry coin and the players get that and can trade it with each other. And that at least makes sense in character that you might pay the the healer for healing you or whatever, or, or split mm. the treasure with the other people who worked with you. At least it's something that is in character. Um, and so this created a, a whole system around, um, like gathering up uh, coin, but everything that you want to be rewarded for has to carry a coin, including wolves. Uh, it just it just carries coin in that family of games, uh, the the sort of uh, Nero family of games, um, and um, then sort of this whole culture develops around uh, the players optimizing the the cost benefit of turning cash into experience points uh, because the game is supporting simultaneously new players who, for whom, you know, a, a modest amount of coin mm-hmm. might be a lot of exp- a lot of experience points and very experienced players who've been playing the same character since the beginning of LARPing um, who need vast scad hordes of mm-hmm. treasure to gain anything um there, there's a whole sliding scale thing here that i don't want to try to explain but um it's it, experience points is close enough um and so it, it's it's a fascinating piece of culture that um you get the experience the experienced players um like mm-hmm. pooling all their wealth at the end of the weekend maybe just within their team or whatever to make sure that they buy as much experience as they reasonably can for the new kids uh, 
<laughs> and then if there's anything left over, buy themselves some extra XP. Um, that's quite fascinating. I, I've never, I've never, I've never done a boffer LARP, so I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with, with the, with the way that that works. So I've been uh, LARPing in the Atlanta area since '96. Um, I, I've, I've been around the block a bit. Um, I haven't played everything that's in the region, not by a real long shot. Um, but uh, I worked on a, a game that was a spin-off of uh, Nero called the Wildlands Campaign. You use the Nero rules, but in a much uh, much stingier way. It was intended to be a really uh, dire, bleak campaign. Um, and so money becomes really, really important. And the things that are going on with money in that are real interesting because money is still a major source of experience points, but you've also got to, and the game develops the specific fiction that a coin is valuable because it holds a little bit of magic. You can, you can turn that little bit of magic into inspiration experience points. If you take the right amount of coinage to a particular in-game location, you know, this, this juncture, and give it to the spirit there. So you're gaining experience points not only at the end of the event, but during the event. Uh, but you also need to keep your gear in working order. And the force of chaos in the world is constantly eroding your gear uh, very, very quickly. So you might need right. to buy a new sword every single event. And God help you if you wear actual physical armor because when it takes damage, it costs money to repair it. <laughs> if you if you are an alchemist and you throw clay pots full of uh, harmful chemicals, you you have learned to throw money at your enemies to make them die, because that money is gone. Maybe you're turning a profit. Who knows? So it it became a, a really key part of part of the game um, to to sort of manage your money. And because of this, the game could afford to hand out lots and lots of coinage because it was going to is very much going to go away in in an eye blink. Um, but um, none of this has sort of affected what D and D has done. But I've always found it really interesting to think about how people engage with um, gold for XP both in tabletop and in uh, LARP environments. Uh, it, it hasn't been the majority of what I've played, Interesting. though it has uh, been a fair uh, bit of what I've run. The reason why I, I'm... So, you know, I, my favorite edition is basic D&D. And the, the thing is that it causes... The, the gold for XP idea causes such a different mindset in play from compared to modern compared to modern systems for sure and you know i i i can say this when we get to but you know we're we're basically about to go in, into second edition uh at where some some more modern ideas come through uh kind of for the first time um is there anything else you want to say about first edition other than the whacked examples that he let me read one i want to I, just for our audience let's read one of the examples he gives on on page 85 he's he's talking about how to determine uh 
how much experience to give. So here, here's an example. Uh, a 10-headed Hydra has 80 hit points, so it has a BXPV of 900 and an XP slash HP total of 880 and an SAXPB for multiple attacks of 450 for a total of 2,230 XP. Meanwhile, meanwhile, a giant centipede with only two hit points has a BXPV of 5 and an XPHP total of 2 and an EAXPA for poison of 25, totaling a mere 32 XP for that creature. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like in short, all I can say is, how can all of this number crunching be worthwhile? Well, what's really oh my God. what's really interesting is when you look at the experience point value for monsters. When you actually look at this, the the one hit dice monster is still a basic XP of ten. That's the same same as it has been since zero edition. And then he has this hit points uh, XP per hit points and XP special ability all of that stuff was reduced down to one calculation in the previous editions if it had a special ability you added mm -hmm. 10 that was your calculation you know or you added you know 12 or whatever i mean there was a calculation but it's it was based on the hit dice and how many special abilities they had and it that was it this thing is like like you said you know i've got to pull out my 1040 you know tax form to try to figure out how many XP I'm supposed to be awarding, if I even estimate that the players have earned the full XP. That that's that's just the here's what the creature would be worth. That's not even the the calculation of here's what I think I'm going to give them based on whether they did not deviate from the norm of what I think that character should be doing or whether they. You know, they had a lot of aberrant behavior, and so I rate them as poor. Like I, you know, it's like it, it, it just, it's, it's amazing, it's amazing. Um, and it makes me wonder what were the hijinks that his, you know. So here's the thing, right? So this is, I'm kind of have mixed feelings about this because this is the natural end. This is the logical conclusion to gold for XP systems. Because all of those things I mentioned earlier where you have to strategically plan and you're, you have to get together with your group and try to figure out how to thwart the referee and how to get around their challenges, not meet them head on, that's a lot of mental work for the referee and it's a lot of mental work for the players. And if that's the sport of the game, like that's that's the goal of the game is to, to get that XP without having to meet the challenges head on by finding a witty way to get around them, then of course the logical conclusion is that the referee, or DM in this case, is going to respond by finding ways to not give full credit for that activity, right? Oh, well, uh, yeah, you right. had the great plan, but your great plan didn't take into account the fact that your rogue is chaotic, or your thief at this point, was chaotic. Or, well, you had that great plan and it all worked except you brought an assassin along. Or, well, you hired too many hirelings. And, you know, like all of these reasons why you didn't play your class character to the best of your abilities. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly know the feeling of uh, my one paltry mortal intelligence against the combined fury of uh, six people who are each individually smarter yeah. than me. I, I live with that. Yeah, right? I'll pay. I'm right there with uh, you, man. I, I mean, it's you know, and and remember, back then, some of these groups were like ten people big. It wasn't just a f- four uh, people. Yeah. It was you know, here's my ten best friends. We're in a party. Yep. So I mean, so yeah. so I can understand that, but at the same time, um, I guess I just say I do not miss a a highly adversarial mm-hmm. model. I do not miss that. Yeah, I I don't either. And and that's that's the other thing that that ends up happening, right? Is that that's the other side of the logical conclusion is yes, you get all these hijinks, and yes, you do get some bad behaviors uh, from players, right? Uh, for the example he gave, the thief stealing out of the party's gold stores, you know, like you know, some people would consider that bad behavior, and some wouldn't. Right. Like he even suggests suggests right. it as a course of action for that a chance for that rogue, that thief in the part of the thieves guild to get more XP for that particular adventuring day. But. You know, I, he he sets that as, you know, that that's part of the thing, right? Like uh, for me, I have this dissonance because if the thief's job it, to, if if playing the thief as the highest ideal of, of of what the thief class represents means that you're pickpocketing everything, stealing things from the other party members as much as possible, and therefore earning XP at a higher rate because you got more gold. If that's the highest ideal, I don't know how that party can survive for very long without having a lot of tension within that group. And that leads me to the idea of that's exactly what the referee wanted, right? Because that means they're less likely to make a good strategy and meet that challenge. They're more likely to get tripped up on something because they weren't working well together. And so they don't get as much of the gold. And they, so they, you know, that's part of putting the roadblocks in front of those players so that they mess up and don't get full XP. Like that's part of it. And I think that's yeah. very likely to be exactly uh, what he was benefiting from, though I, I have to imagine that some of it was more instinctive than, um, I, I don't know, um, than conscious. Than uh, premeditated is what we're looking sure. for. Um, well, and and so much of play is colored by the actual behavior of the players themselves, right? Like if you have a player playing a thief who's constantly pickpocketing everybody, but they're just as what what's the word jovial about it? They're they're just as happy when they get caught as they are when they don't you know what i mean like if you go to the tavern and they're going around trying to pickpocket everybody they're obviously going to sure. fail at some point i mean heck in in first edition you didn't have a very high pickpocket chance until you got up to really high levels anyway but but if the player that's playing that thief is fun about it and not a jerk sure. about it 
I could see where that behavior could be supported, right? Like, because the whole sure. group can have fun. Uh, you know, oh, this thief, the thief is going to go pickpocket again. Let me see if I can distract someone over here so that he has, you know, a better chance of, of actually succeeding and, and playing into that and having a good time with it versus, you know, the occasional person that you get who's playing a thief who knows exactly how to work everything and keeps pickpocketing the other players. Like, that's a yep. problem, right? Um, de depending on the attitude, right? So I can kind of see both sides, but... <sighs> I don't know. I remember those days, and 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 when when you if you played in a group that that had a couple of people with the sort of uh, very very selfish attitudes, man, it was tough. So it was really hard. In the first game I ran that had a uh, you know multiplayer setup, as opposed to I'm running one. Uh, running for one player who's controlling a bunch of characters in a very JRPG kind of way. Uh, the first game I ran like that, the the party rogue was uh, much more sort of the man with the plan. Like he was a, a player who was much more prepared to be, be sort of vocal and out there, and he was much more the Nate Ford than the you know, backstabbing scumbag. Um, and, and so that created a much better experience. Now I'm talking about second edition and I'm talking about birthright where he was literally mm -hmm. a king. Mm -hmm. But yeah. anyway. Oh, man. So do you want, do you want to move on to second? Um, so sure. Let's do second. Um, it's it's a big step forward in just the idea of what all this stuff can can be and can do. Um, so, I mean the the advice in the in the DMG. I know there's stuff in the player's handbook too, but in the DMG it says, um, awarding experience points is one of the DM's most difficult jobs. Yeah, I see that. I see that. That's definitely true. But what I find so cool about this is, uh, first of all, that it's starting to recognize, even if it's not using those words, the idea of a table contract, the, the idea that it's everyone's job to contribute to the table having fun. I mean, it like looking under constant goals, item two, did the player make the game fun for others or make fun at their, at their expense? The second is not really deserving of any reward. And uh, yeah, you're probably going to have a lot of conflict at the table if you have to straight up tell someone, um, hey, you had fun at everyone else's expense tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling your uh, XP reward. Like, no. But at the same time, that's behavior that needs to get, you know, needs to get put in its place. Yeah. Right? Can I say something about that? So here's the thing. There's two, I have two thoughts about that. Um, man, that's not fun if you just played a whole session and you don't get any XP. So, but, you know, I mean, but if you were a total, you know, jack off, then, you know, whatever. But here's the thing. That can work because not every character is expected to level up at the same time. Oh, for sure. 
And that's sure. true. That's true of the previous editions too, where because the amount of XP that you needed in order to gain advancement was different, you could actually penalize someone by taking XP away or not giving them the appropriate. So, you know, we talked about how the way it's written in the 1E PHB and, and DMG, it makes it sound so onerous, like you're doing all this tax form. And then you can basically just decide that the character wasn't played to your approval and not give that that character the XP or the whole XP amount, the full XP award. The reason that works as a sort of punishment, though, is because if, you know, you might not need, you know, not everybody is expected to level at the same time. So you might need 300 experience to get to the next level. And if you, you know, you pr behave badly and the DM says, all right, I'm taking 50 experience from you. You you can actually go backwards in experience and it matters because your leveling is not going to be the same as the other people anyway. So you're, you know, so in third edition, when, when they, when they equal everything out and everybody levels at the same rate, you can't really, as a DM, take away 50 experience points from somebody because that would mean that then everybody else levels except this person. Uh, we're going to have to talk about that because that just happens because experience points don't stay even for very long in third. If they start out even, they're awarded evenly, they don't stay there. But we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, Sorry. I'm now, cutting off your second edition, so I will I will let you talk. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, well, like your, your points are good ones. Uh, it's just that uh, third edition doesn't wind up being the solution or, yeah. or, or even the same set of problems. Right. Um, right. So like, these days, I think that most received wisdom would say uh, denying someone XP and having that end of session confrontation of you know hey you're a real jerk tonight you don't get any xp that that is not going to create a growth moment it's not going to help um and that is very much about sort of putting the gm above the players and that's not something that uh we really teach anymore mm -hmm. but it's really important to see how this represents a step forward from first edition and how it's a, a softening of the whole thinking um, around good player behavior, good GM behavior, and so on. Uh, now, the other uh, big step forward here is in variable goals. Uh, uh, under this header, we talk about story goals and group rewards. Well, well, story goals means that completing a quest could be a a uh, payday of XP mm -hmm. all by itself because right. you hit the goal and not um, not for monsters killed or gold seized. Um, and uh, can I just I I do want to I I want to call out something that I laugh at every time. Uh, and because I, I, I'm, I'm easily entertained, but um, the, the story goals says story goals are ob objectives. The DM sets up for an adventure, rescue the prince. Okay. Drive away a band of marauding orcs. Okay. Cleanse the haunted castle. Got it. Find the assassin of the late queen. Okay. Recover the lost G whiz wand. 
<laughs> hey man, writers got to entertain themselves in a book this size. I love it. You know I, I love mean? it. I laugh every time. Uh, but I don't think there's a ton of guidance for what a you know how much experience a story goal might be if if it's here. I think I'm. Yeah. Uh, well. Um, yeah. I mean. I, I think it's there in, in published adventures. Yeah, right? I, th- I think so. But I think the yeah. DMG doesn't tell you. Well, and because all it says really is assign experience points based on the difficulty if they accomplish the goal. Um, yeah. And that's not really helpful. But I th- I think sort of, uh, is it in the next section? Because in the next section, you know, it talks about, well, there's two categories. There's group awards and then there's individual awards. And so I think... The idea is right. the story goals would be part of the group of words. And it, it once again, still kind of hedges on how to get uh, – like they're really trying. I mean this is just so different from what the game was before. Talking about story awards and oh, yeah. and group goals and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they had a hard time – you know, it's, it's, they, they do give some advice. A, the story awards should not be greater – than the experience points that can be earned defeating the monsters encountered during the adventure. So if the DM knows there are roughly 1,200 experience points worth of monsters, the story award should not exceed that. In other words, it's trying to make it equal what the challenge is. You have a challenge of monsters and and going through the, the adventure, and then the award at the end shouldn't be more than what you would have earned you know, in other words, you're not going to more than double what the experience of the monsters would be. So, but that's, yep. you know, that's not, but that's the just time, a very like, basic, like, there's no other real guidelines in here. Yep. But I think that uh, I would see this as the precursor to Milestone XP. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in, a, in a pretty significant way. Now, it's also definitely the uh, the precursor to you know if the PCs complete this side quest, uh, give them this small XP bonus that you see in uh, a lot mm-hmm. of low level published mm-hmm. adventures uh, for whatever reason, and I think it's more open to interpretation. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen an adventure above about fourth level. Uh, continue to hand out those uh, sort of small right. hits of experience points for completing minor goals. They they become inconsequential uh, if you don't do them all the time. Well, and I mean they could scale up and stay consequential, consequential, right? But mm-hmm. but I mean just traditionally they don't though they just stay right. at 50 or 100 and it's not and really, that's you know. sort of especially striking in horde of the dragon queen in fifth edition where it, for, for the first adventure or two it absolutely does that and then it just stops dead it just does not do that even one more time throughout all of horde or rise um, but th- that's something that has sort of played oddly to me for for years. Anyway, uh, back to second edition. Um, Bring that I, back I up when we get to fifth edition because I have uh, some stuff to say. So, about so that, once yeah. again, we have uh, <laughs> creature experience point values based on hit dice, and then a big old table of 
hit dice value modifiers, which is your your combination mm-hmm. of your uh, uh, SAXPB and EAXPA uh, <laughs> right, bonuses. Right. Uh, and these are just adjustments directly to its effective hit dice for purposes of right. um, this XP table. Um, Which makes it not a calculation. Now it's just, oh, oh wait, this creature has poison? Oh, that's a plus two. So it's four hit dice plus two, so it's a six. Oh, it's 420 XP, no problem. Like that's that's just a lookup table. It's It's not a much faster. And it is really very clearly just an eye blink. It's it's a a strict terminology change away from being a challenge rating. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Like no two sure. ways about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they could have said yeah. challenge rating, and it would have been the um, same. <laughs> so then we get into uh, the individual experience awards, which is an optional rule, um, which it, th- there's sort of one set for um, somewhat more um, like player behavior, and one set for more character behavior. Um, so. Player has a clever idea. Player has an idea that saves the party. Well, okay, that's this is the kind of thing that we mostly don't do anymore because it runs counter to characterization mm-hmm. for a lot of characters. If right. you're playing, I don't. I'm just going to say like maybe Grog Strongjaw, some sort of Goliath barbarian. Uh, just toss out names. Could be anybody. <laughs> um, Having a clever idea that just just uh, just just made that up right look, on the spot. I'm very huh? good at gaming, uh, extremely good. Um, <laughs> so having a clever idea that saves the party is uh, something Travis can do extraordinarily well, and Grog, mm-hmm. not so good, not not the very best, right? And right. and you know, in general. Uh, we want to support characterization um, over uh, that kind of meta thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though this is clearly still a, a table that's intended to support, uh, you're thinking about the game in a way for you know the whole game to be fun, and I do appreciate that. Right. Uh, and the thing is, though, this table though that you're referencing, it's the player not the pc yeah. so it's the player has yeah. a good idea the player saves right. the party the player role plays their character well the player encourages other players like so you're right that we we tend to shy away from forcing or enforcing a sort of idea on a person about how their pc should be played but these specifically on this particular little table are about the player encouraging others and encouraging smart thinking at the table regardless of whether their character or their pc is able to do the same yeah. which in a way it's inviting you know metagaming and breaking the fourth wall and doing all that stuff but saying oh it's okay because it's an encouragement it's not a detriment right. to the game and you know if you're and that's that's also a, like a like a first. I mean, yeah. this this is breaking new territory yeah, all sure. over. And you know, if you're having a conversation, um, sort of a sidebar with another player, and you feed them your cool idea, and it creates fun for everyone, even if your character wouldn't mm-hmm. have that idea. Okay, 
Like this is saying, fine, run with it. Please just make the game more fun. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you have your individual class awards, which is much more about character behavior. Um, and it's uh, very focused on uh, go do that thing your class is good at doing and behave within mm-hmm. your class's idiom. Uh, so warriors uh, get uh, an XP boost per hit die of creature defeated. Um, I mean, we don't talk about the fact that this is saying uh, here have a, an extra um, you know percentage bonus to all your received XP for monsters but that's what it's saying mm-hmm. um, and it's per level of the warrior so if you're a fifth level warrior right. and you're defeating and, and, and your party just defeated three five hit die creatures right. you're getting 10 hit point 10 xp times five for each creature so 50 and i said you did five creatures so now you're at 250 per level so if you're fifth level you just got 250 times five Uh you just got uh, 1250 xp extra and you're fifth level that's an x that's a good amount of xp I, i really question whether this table was used like i know i didn't use it I really question how much other GMs used it because, <laughs> yeah. oh boy, is that some giddy up in the XP. Oh boy. Right. So, um, well, and look, the priest gets a uh, hundred XP per successful use of a granted power. That basically means, you know, spells. Uh, I guess it means that <laughs> probably means that who knows? I mean, right. Or, you know, uh, a, a wizard gets, uh, gets uh, XP for, casting spells to overcome foes or problems 50 xp per spell yeah, level that's that's not as that's not as extreme as what the warrior gets but i mean you know right. and look rogue per successful use of a special ability 200 xp and remember this is over and above the other xp right. that's being earned this is this is actually this table is probably the closest in this xp section to the gygaxian one you know one yeah. e table where he talks about well here's how a rogue should really act or a thief and here's how a, a, a warrior should act and here's how you know um and this is basically that carried over a little so, bit so my wife tells a story about uh when she was playing a second edition game this is obviously many moons ago now um and she was playing a, a i think a high elf with an intelligence of 19 uh, a wizard and uh mm-hmm. the the means for researching new spells was not well understood by a player or gm <laughs> and so mm-hmm. uh, rabbit's character gained uh something like nine levels essentially immediately by <laughs> learning spells and thus gaining access to new spells and that caused them to <laughs> learn new spells with skin access right. new spells. and it, it <laughs> was a like uh, just a self-propagating loop and right like it took levels and levels and levels until that ran out wow it, yeah mm-hmm. um but the game was apparently so over the top that it just 
didn't really matter. It was par for the course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, th- I mean, that's a, it's an interesting um, sort of set of ideas. The individual class awards really makes me think of uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games and the things that where you mm-hmm. get to, you know, um, check XP if you do this set of things, right? Uh, that vary by playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that's yeah. super yeah. interesting. Um, and, and we still have training rules in here. And second edition uh, still uses... They, they note the, that they're the, optional. <laughs> oh yeah, they're the optional. Training, yeah. Uh, second edition was really big into uh, sort of marking off whole sections of rules as being optional. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, they're like in the intro to the DMG. Um, Zeb Cook is very, very clear that there's not going to be um, continuity of experience from one table to another. It's not going to be the same game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that was surprising at the time, and it was the last edition that felt that way for a good long while because uh, third and fourth were very committed to continuity of experience. And then fifth, and one of the reasons people compare fifth to second edition a lot is that there's no expectation of continuity of experience, which means they're, they're putting a lot, a lot fewer binding rules on things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's kind of fascinating all by itself. I think it's something we, you know, as a community, probably don't talk about enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you're probably uh, right. But but yeah, that that pretty much uh, closes us out on uh, on second edition. Well, um, so does second edition give think... gold per XP or uh, XP per gold? So it does to the rogue. Rogue. Per gold piece value of treasure obtained, right. two experience points. Two experience per ex per, per gold. gold piece. Does it give everyone well, else one? I, I was looking for it because I can't honestly can't remember. No, I, I don't think it does. No, I I think that's I think that's it. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, that 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 ex- extra XP is intended to be your your boost comparable to the, the warrior's kill bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, so this is the first edition where you did not receive, unless you were a thief, you did not receive gold. You don't receive XP for gold. Everyone I mean, didn't receive XP for gold. It's definitely. Oh, here we go. The story award uh, should give a character no more than one tenth of the experience points he needs to advance a level. There you go. Hmm. Um, so, so there is some guidance there. But no, I don't know that there is any concept of uh, gold for XP. Um, yeah, I just. Couldn't. Oh, there, okay. As an option, the DM can award XP for the cash value of non magical treasures. One XP can be given per gold piece or equivalent found. This is optional on a blue background. Mm. However, overuse of this option can increase the tendency to give out too much treasure in the campaign. Yeah. So, so yeah, it that is uh, 
this is sort of its its last gasp as a um, as a rules concept. It is cordoned off in optional rules. Uh, one one last thing, as as uh, progressive as as it is, um, it also mentions that uh, in order to earn XP, there should be significant danger. That no character should get experience for using powers on a helpless victim. Fighters shouldn't get experience for the example it uses clubbing a shackled orc. And the mage doesn't get experience for yep. casting a house cleaning cantrip. <laughs> so you can't sit at home and clean your house <laughs> all day. <laughs> um, you know, it says a thief does not gain, the thief does gain experience for opening the lock on a merchant's counting house because it might be trapped or magical alarms might be triggered. And an experience point should not be awarded when a player players being abusive to others in the group. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's trying really hard to give guidelines to basically uh, give give examples and guidelines uh, for the basically that don't be a dick rule, which is good. Uh, but it also says, you know what, it was needed. It that certainly does uh, suggest that in uh, big shiny words, yeah. So that's all for uh, for us this evening, folks. Uh, I'm Brenda Stoddard, uh, and uh, my, my learned associate is Sam Dillon. All right. Well, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> well, I write for Tribality.com and BrandaStoddard.com. And you can find me on uh, MeWe, where I run a 5th edition group and on Twitter, at Brenda Stoddard, and on Facebook. Also, I have a Patreon that is Brenda Stoddard. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter, at DM Samuel, and you can find me on RPGmusings.com, which is my website. And you can also find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash RPGmusings. Thank you for listening, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation, including all of our amazing tangents. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and we hope to, uh, hear feedback from you and we hope that you're enjoying it enough to listen next time. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye.